Happy Sunday to all those listening. This is Russ Off the Cuff, and uh, you're getting one of my special episodes from my podcast that can be found on all the uh, favorite locations where you get your podcast. If you haven't started listening to podcasts, you can listen to Russ Off the Cuff at any time, but this is Sunday morning. And this Sunday morning, we have a Bay Area Christian Church service that I'm going to contribute one of my podcasts to for helping out, making a contribution on Sunday to the podcast Sunday. Uh, if it's raining or sprinkling, you might be a little bit more uh, indoors, not fully indoors, you want to stay ventilated, etc. Uh, but if it's nice out, you're, you're outside. If it's a little chilly, you got a little uh, sweater, a little coat on, uh, make yourself comfortable. Hope you're having a great day. And for those of us who've been watching the uh, political anxiety of the week with the election, uh, hopefully we can uh, let that go, uh, settle in, uh, whether we won or we lost, and be able to focus a little bit on our theme for today, only if you want to change. Why is it called only if you want to change? Uh, primarily because I want people who listen to it to be the kind of people who say, you know what, I want to change. I don't want to just listen to what the Bible has to say and analyze it and intellectualize it. I want to listen to what the Bible has to say because I believe that God can change my life. I believe that God can change the lives of my friends. I believe that God can help me, um, you know, be able to take on the mountains in my life, be able to rise from the valleys in my life, be able to do some special things that, uh, that Jesus came for us to be able to do by giving us a relationship with God. And so, again, this is Russ Off the Cuff. Only if you want to change, we're going to be talking about Matthew 6 today, and I hope you'll enjoy it. We're going to break it down in some interesting ways. I hope it's interesting. It's going to be talking about choices. Because if we want to change, we got to make choices. That's one of the biggest things about making changes. You have to make choices. Choices are everything. Decisions. Sometimes we put decisions off, but let's get into it. Number one, only if you want to change, you must choose. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, no one can serve two masters. You will wind up loving the first master and hating the second, or vice versa. People try to serve both God and money, but... You can't. You must choose one or the other. That's Matthew 6.24 in the voice. In the book of James, in chapter 1, it talks about being double-minded. In the book of Revelations, chapter 3, it talks about being lukewarm. Bob Dylan sings a song saying you got to serve somebody. Basically, all of this is talking to us about the idea, the concept, that we've got to pick one thing. Soren Kierkegaard writes about this. The, the purity is the pursuit of one thing. So how about it? If you want to change, you have to choose God. We have to understand that when we don't want to read our Bible, when we don't want to pray, when we're not inspired by God, when we're not passionate, we're not on fire, when we're not excited, we don't wake up every morning with trouble saying God can handle it, with blessings saying God's responsible for it, with opportunity saying God will be with me as I pursue it. If we're not going to live that way and we're instead going to love the world or love the things we can get, the positions, the possessions, the prestige, whatever it may be, then we're going to hate God. And so if we find ourselves hating God, we know it's because we've got a different master. So the first point about changing is not laying out a game plan, not putting down five goals, but making one decision. You must choose. And I would suggest that you make that one thing, God. Number two, in Matthew 6 again, in verse 25, here is the bottom line. You know it's pretty good when Jesus says, this is the bottom line. Here is the bottom line. Do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't 
worry about how you clothe your body. Living is about more than merely eating, and the body is about more than dressing up. That's Matthew 6.25 in The Voice. And what's our number two point here? Choose action, not motion. Choose action, not motion. That's the bottom line. Jesus says the bottom line is you're just in motion if you're always worrying. Boy, this hit me this week. Because what I realized is I make the mistake of thinking when I'm worrying that I'm doing something. And Jesus says three times here, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. You know what I learned? This is number two point, choose action, not motion. I learned that when I don't want to take action, a lot of the times I get myself involved in motion. That's what happens. I get really into motion. You know, on leadiff.com, where I do a lot of my writing, eh, pretty much all my writing, I have an article over there. It's called, uh, it's about change, and you can find it. But there's a point in it, emotional discipline, turning motion into action. And it's a quote from the book Atomic Habits. I'm going to read from this, just, just this quote. It is easy to get bogged down trying to find the optimal plan for change, the fastest way to lose weight, the best program to build muscle, the perfect idea for a side hustle. We're so focused on figuring out the best approach that we never get around to taking action. James Clear, Atomic Habits, good book. Then I write this. When we are so focused on figuring out the best approach that we never get around to taking action, we lack emotional discipline, the discipline of the heart. James Clear describes the emotionally undisciplined as people of motion rather than action. Here's another quote. I refer to this as the difference between being in motion and taking action. The two ideas sound similar, but they're not the same. When you're in motion, you're planning and strategizing and learning. Those are all good things, but they don't produce results. Hmm. Guess what? Choose action, not motion. If you, like me, can sometimes spend a lot of time being anxious, it's time to own up that anxiety can be a way to get out of taking action. Anxiety can be a way to plan, organize, make lists, set up your Excel spreadsheet, read your email, send email, take a break to eat lunch, then go back, plan, think about it, call people for advice. But what you're really doing is just worrying, just letting anxiety dominate. Huh, not what you're doing, what I'm doing, what I do. If we want to change, we've got to choose action, not motion. Okay, here's one for you. Number three, choose confidence, not control. Mm, I'm killing myself here. You relating? You thinking about it? You feeling that? Choose confidence, not control. Matthew 6, we're back there again. Look at the birds in the sky. He's talking about nature. Look at the birds in the sky. They do not store food for winter. They don't plant gardens. They do not sow or reap, and yet they are always fed because your heavenly Father feeds them, and you are even more precious to him than a beautiful bird. If he looks after them, of course he will look after you. You know, I did a study recently on the word entrust, and I realized that a lot of the times I don't want to entrust my life to God. I want to entrust my life to me. I trust me. I choose me. That's self-reliance. 
I also came to the conclusion that one of the reasons that I can feel a lot of anxiety is I'm so often self-reliant in choosing me. Jesus is talking to the people and he's saying, I'm going to let you in on a secret. Nature doesn't worry. Nature lives. Nature chooses life. Our confidence can never be in ourselves. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9, verse 11, it says, Time and chance happen to all. That means you may have the finest education, you may come from the finest family, you may have received the greatest inheritance. But at the end of the day, you can lose the inheritance, you can lose your health, you can lose your marriage, you can lose your kids, you can lose your life. Because chance can happen. I think that scripture is written so that we'll stop being under the illusion and delusion that we can control anything. And instead, that we'll get into a flow with God where we realize God cares about those birds and they have life. He cares about those trees and they grow. And guess what? Jesus says he cares a whole lot more about you and me than he cares about that. He cares a whole lot more about you and me than about that. What I understand about myself is one of the problems in my relationship with God is going to be if I insist on control... It's because I don't believe that God cares about me. And if I don't believe God cares about me, that's a choice, not a fact. Sometimes with our parents, we can feel like, well, my parents don't care about me, or my friend doesn't care about me, or my boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't care about me, or my spouse doesn't care about me. But you know what? Oftentimes when we say those things in our head and our heart, it's a choice we're making to judge them or think about them in that way, even when they actually care. Anyone's relationship with God can be damaged when they choose control. Because control is saying, I'm going to put my confidence in me and not in God. And when we live that way, Proverbs 14.30, we can never relax. The Bible says in Proverbs 14.30, in the Living Bible, a relaxed attitude lengthens life. And the only way to relax truly is to be totally confident that God has a plan for your life, that God's guiding your life, that God's got you on a path. I was talking to my buddy Kevin Chua not that long ago. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm living the dream. I was just joking. I was just joking, pursuing the dream or something like that. I said, I'm, I'm pursuing the dream. Messed that up. I'm pursuing the dream. He goes, how do you know you're not already living the dream? Bam! That's what I do a lot. I don't let God just give it to me. I want to take it. It's not worth anything if I don't take it. If I don't figure it out and if I don't get it and I don't earn it, it's not worth anything. You, can you feel that? Choose confidence, not control. Number four, choose to relax rather than stress. Oh boy, why did I put this together? These are things I'm just not good at. Matthew 6.27 Worrying does not do any good. Who here can claim to add an hour to his life by worrying? Choose to relax rather than stress. Worrying doesn't do any good. If we're going to change our lives, we'll never do it if we try to worry our way to change. If we sit around worrying about our weight, worrying about our health, worrying about our relationships, worrying about what people think about us, worrying about whether we'll get a promotion, 
worrying about whether we'll have enough money to retire, worrying about whether our kid will become a Christian, worrying about whether people around us are doing well, worrying about will we catch COVID-19, worrying about will we lose our job. If we spend all of our time doing that, it goes back to point three, we're choosing control, not confidence. And the result of that is we're receiving stress instead of relaxation. Choose to relax rather than stress. Proverbs 14.30, a relaxed attitude lengthens life. What we need to do is not relax, meaning sit down and do nothing and fill your house with Cinnabons and make it a goal to work through about 40 of them a week. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. Relax is, and I'm not good at this. I want to work on this over the next 52, the next 66 days. It's letting go of the tension. It's letting go of trying to make it happen and just letting God give it to us. Accepting that if God doesn't give it to us, there's something better that we'll get. But to just keep moving forward without all the tension. I carry too much tension. How about you? Too much tension from worry. Choose to relax rather than stress. Instead of react right away when someone says something, we relax. Instead of get bent out of shape when we hear about something, we relax. We relax our mind. We don't try to think so fast. We slow it down. Boy, I could talk about that, but we got to move on to number five. Shoot boldness over timidity. You say, how can I be bold when I'm relaxed? Have you ever heard about sports? Sure you have. And one of the things they say about great athletes, the highest performing athletes are relaxed. It's exactly when we relax, control, and let go of the stress that we can be bold, meaning that we're no longer risk averse. We're no longer running away from risk. We're so relaxed. We're so unconcerned about failure or success in the eyes of people that we relax and it makes us bolder. How does Jesus describe it in Matthew 6.33? How much more will he clothe you, you of little faith, you who have no trust? He goes through and he describes all these things that we worry about in Matthew 6 and about 28 to 30. But then at the end of verse 30, that's what I want to focus on. He says, how much more will he clothe you? You of little faith, you who have no trust. Jesus goes straight to it. He says, your high anxiety is 100% because you don't have faith and you don't have trust. Little trust, little faith, no trust, high anxiety. Little faith, no trust, high anxiety. When we get timid, it's because we have little faith and we have no trust in God. He uses the word no trust, not, not little trust. He says you got a little faith and no trust. You got a little faith, you'll read your Bible. You got a little faith, you'll quote some scriptures. You got a little faith, you'll say a 10-minute prayer, but you don't mean it. You're saying a 10-minute prayer because you want to use the next 50 minutes out of the hour to go work on it yourself. Oh, man, why am I saying you? I do that. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Choose boldness over timidity. How about over the next couple of months, you set some bold goals? You just say, I'm going to do something bold. I'm going to do something that if I fail, as Theodore Roosevelt talked about, I fail daring greatly. And I get satisfaction out of the fact that I tried to do it rather than being in the mode of survival is enough. Too many people just trying to survive. Too many. That's number five. Choose boldness over timidity. Let's keep moving. You know what number six is? Choose believing over second guessing. Uh, 
That's what we used to say over Thanksgiving dinner at my house. My grandmother cooked some good food. My mom cooked some good food. My dad would eat that cornbread stuffing. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's it may be time to put up the Christmas trees and lights, you know, just to bring some happiness. Gail, my wife, sent me a, a message, and there's an article that they did a study on, and they said you increase your happiness when you put up Christmas decorations early. Hmm. Might have to get after that. Maybe necessary. Beat back the COVID-19 with some lights and some Christmas and some action. Maybe it's time to start watching some Christmas movies. You said, what about Thanksgiving movies? Get those into. Get them all in. Number six, choose believing over second guessing. See, I don't need to second guess myself on that. Let's not second guess ourselves. Let's just put them up. You say, friends will laugh at me. Who cares? Relaxed attitude lengthens life. Just relax. While they laugh, you enjoy. Your happiness goes up. Their misery goes up. Choose believing over second guessing. In Matthew 6.31, so do not consume yourselves with questions. I'm just picking some of this up. We're on a podcast Sunday, and some of you, if you want me to go through every single verse, every single letter, we could be here a long time. We're already here a long time. Hope it's not raining. So do not consume yourselves with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? I do that all the time. That's motion. That's not action. That's motion. I sit around going, well, if we do that, what about that? If we do this, how will people feel about that? If we do that, if I say that, you know, you ever go through that stuff? If I, if I choose this, what if it doesn't work out? If I say that, what if it doesn't go? And just questions, just staying in questioning mode. You know, before you know it, three hours have gone by and you asked 25 questions and done nothing. It's incredible. It's incredible. I don't know about you, but I sit around sometimes working on it. Okay, let me see how I can get this worked out. And I, if I had spent the amount of time doing whatever it was that I spent planning it, I would be done. Choose believing over second guessing. We've got to believe God's on our side. And instead of sitting around asking questions, we need to go out and be daring and be bold and do something. I bet right now there's something God has put on your heart you ought to do. And not move to Montana, which I think about and I've talked about before, to get away from all the COVID-19. No, something right there on your street, in your neighborhood, when you're on Zoom, something bold. Choose believing over second guessing. How many of us really believe? Number seven, choose slowing down over speeding up. Oh boy. Matthew 6.32. It talks about outsiders, people who are not believing in God, people who do not love God, people who do not worship in God, people who do not read the Bible, people who do not think about the Bible. And he talks about them, says, outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Matthew 6.32. Choose slowing down or speeding up. Back when I was a kid, my parents used to tell us, put together your Christmas list. How did I get into Christmas? I did not do that on purpose. That was not planned. But they said, give us your Christmas list. And I'm older. Some of you will say I'm ancient. And we used to get out that Sears Roebuck catalog. You guys remember the Sears Roebuck catalog? You people of wisdom. You people of great intelligence. The powerful people. The people around my generation. Remember that Sears Roebuck catalog. That was the internet before the internet. Sears Roebuck catalog. And we'd go through it. There's a store called Wards. We'd go through that. 
All the different things would come. See, everybody thinks Facebook's the only one who got your information. We would get catalogs from places we had never shopped. How'd they get that information? This has been going on forever. And I was watching commercials because Saturday you watch cartoons, you watch them all day, and they have all those commercials on for kids. Buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. And you're spending your parents' money, so, hey, just keep adding to the list. When you become a parent, you're like, wait a minute. Anyway, I found the Mattel bike. It was on a commercial during the week after school special. I was watching and the Mattel bike came on and it was a motorcycle bike. Didn't have an engine, but it was shaped like a motorcycle, had shocks and it was really fancy chrome bike. And they had this kid riding on it on the beach and he'd stop and he'd be spinning his bike and splashing sand in people's faces. And I was like, I got to have that bike. I got to have that bike. Choose slowing down over speeding up is our point. Making yourself frantic. Don't make yourself frantic. Why don't you make yourself frantic? Because your father knows exactly what you need. So I put that on the list. It's pretty expensive. Anyway, Christmas Day comes. I look under the tree every day prior to Christmas. Our parents didn't let us open them up till Christmas morning. So I'm looking under the tree, checking, and I'm, I'm seeing there's going to be a box. It's huge. No, it's not there. It's not there. It's not there. So we get up on Saturday morning. We're opening gifts. I got some good gifts. Sisters got some good gifts. But in my heart, I was deeply disappointed. I'd been looking forward to that, and I started in my head thinking, oh, man, and how can I save money? How can I get me that bike? How can I do it? And, you know, I was kind of, so I, 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 my parents could tell I was bummed. And my parents were like, okay, that's Christmas. We'll eat later. Gave us the time. And we're sitting there. You play with your gifts. We're all sitting around the tree with our gifts. I'm trying to be happy, but I'm not. I'm frantic inside. Dang, get my bike. Where's my bike? Parents go in their room, and we're sitting there. And all of a sudden, my dad comes out, and he's rolling, already assembled, chrome Mattel motorbike. That's right. That's right. All that anxiety, all that waiting, all that nervousness. And my father knew what I needed. We got to slow down instead of always speeding up. Instead of always trying to catch up to the Joneses, we got to trust God. He'll get us something better than the Joneses. Number eight, choose God over greed. Well, doesn't that, that come together pretty nicely? Choose God over greed. Look what it says in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you. Matthew 6.33. Who would have thought that dashing through Matthew chapter 6, jumping on some of these verses, we could learn such a dynamic set of lessons. Choose God over greed. Greed isn't having. It's possessing and wanting. It's never being satisfied. We can be greedy for attention, greedy for power, greedy for control. We can be greedy for money, greedy for real estate. We can be greedy for travel. We can be greedy for everybody to listen to us and say we're right. Greed manifests itself in so many ways. And Jesus says, you know what? I got something for you. Choose God over greed. Get focused. And those are the choices. 
When you make that choice, it's really God over greed in many ways. Now, what's the greed? Trying to take things instead of let God give them to us. That's part of that franticness. There are some people who, I think the social scientists describe them as people who have a fear of, a fear of scarcity. They're always worried that they won't end up getting all that they need. Oftentimes it's people who grow up poor that even when they have great jobs and even when they're making money, they're constantly in fear that they'll return to a time of scarcity. Sometimes that I can do this and sometimes we as Christians can do this. We can abandon God because of our fear that he's not going to give us what we want. And Jesus says, that's not how you do it. Put it all into God. And he'll give what you need. And now what you need is not the bargain basement cheap thing. What you need is going to make you happy. I think a lot of times we're negative on what you need. What you need is going to make you happy. Choose God over greed. And finally, choose today over tomorrow. Man, I got to go back over this myself. You can go back and read it, read every verse and every word. I've moved around a bit. Jesus closes out by saying, so do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. So do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. The anxious life is not living life. It's living in fear, stress, tension, conflicted, miserable, second-guessing. But when we get our heads on straight, like Psalm 62 says, and we say, my hope is in God alone, then we don't have to figure out tomorrow. God's got it. We can choose today. As we take communion, I want us to enjoy a little something special from a band, a group called Surfaces, Sunday Best. And as we do it, let's meditate in communion on how much we need to let go of the anxiety and the motion and put our confidence in God in action. Here is Sunday Best by Surfaces. All right. I want to thank everybody for coming today. We're going to give contribution. And I uh, just want to encourage all you guys. You've been knocking it out. Uh, the flexibility, adaptability, the innovative nature and spirit of our fellowship is incredible. And if you're listening to this and you're not at one of our services and you're just listening to this on Russell Off the Cuff, my podcast, um, you know, you can feel free to get up to the, go to the BACC.cc site and you can figure out how to get connected uh, with the church um, that I'm a part of as well, of course. And uh, it's just got incredible people. As we contribute, one of the reasons we contribute, as I've talked about before, is there were millions of dollars spent around the country, hundreds of millions. I think they said Biden got up to $700 million uh, spent for politics. Uh, politics is not the solution. It's a need in our country. Governing is important. But the thing that changes lives is when people help people, when people love people, when people change people. It's the neighbor. It's the friend. And what we do is we're building a community of people 
that changes lives. We first change our own, and then we change the lives of others. As you gave in contribution, today's November 8th, and I talked last week about taking up the 52-day challenge, which is the time it took Nehemiah to build the wall, or the 66-day challenge, which you can read about more on Lead Diff if you go check out my article, my latest article there, uh, about the change that changes everything. It's the change that changes everything. And this got a section that covers the 66-day challenge or talks about what James Clear talks about. So you can learn more there. But I hope you'll do it. I hope you'll pick something out, character, heart, relationship, and just take the time over the holidays to break out into the new year so that we spend our time making a difference instead of being in so much anxiety. So thank you for giving. Uh, and this uh, contribution section, of course, is the end of our service. And I hope you have a wonderful week, an incredible week. And, and find somebody to reach out to and help ease their anxiety. Don't forget, this is Russ Off the Cuff. You can follow me wherever uh, there's a podcast. Uh, you can uh, subscribe. Uh, and then I mentioned Lee Diff. Don't forget BACC.cc. And finally, I know that's a lot, DeepSpirituality.com. You can go there and get all of your spiritual needs met and tools to share with friends. Thanks again. Have a wonderful day. This is Russ Off the Cuff.